Hi everyone, sorry it's been a while since the last episode. I've been really busy with a major website update that we just released. It has a bunch of new features, including uh, guest checkout, even for downloads. And when you purchase a download, uh, the links are emailed to you, so you don't have to go to my account, your own downloads page and everything like that. We also just launched our spring fundraising drive and we received a matching grant from the Chicago Society of Union Analysts for $5,000. So the first $5,000 donated will be matched dollar for dollar. So if you would like to support the Institute, including, you know, supporting this free podcast, visit our website, youngchicago.org. Um, and there will be a link to the fundraising drive in the show notes. Also, any support that you can offer really does help keep this podcast going and make it available to, you know, anyone in the world who listens to it. So thanks very much for your support. Institute of Chicago, Healing Cinema, The Lost Daughter. Union analysts Judith Cooper and Daniel Ross discuss Maggie Gyllenhaal's 2021 film, The Lost Daughter, based on the 2006 novel of the same name by Elena Ferrante. They also reflect on the analysis provided in the article, Motherhood and Taboo, Recovering the Lost Daughter from the Point. And that article will be linked in the show notes. Now let's jump right in. We're ready to talk about the lost daughter. Sure. I it's think like, it's, like, it's like giving birth to the lost daughter, right? We've been talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's you kind of marinate in it for really for a while, really, for a couple yeah. of months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's good to be back though, doing this yeah. uh, with you. Yeah. I miss <laughs> talking that. about film and psychology analytical yeah. ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um you know this whole image of healing cinema i think um mm -hmm. is so uh so interesting since we started it because um uh you know the films that we're we're choosing to talk about i think have this element of of healing you know, we're looking for we're looking for transformation how how are these characters transformed if they're transformed and, and what goes on that in, in the transformation what are the mm -hmm. dynamics because you know that's the analytic process right. right 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 yes what are the elements of that process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think for this film in particular uh they're not necessarily hard to see, but I don't, I, I, I don't know if we agree about this when we talked about it earlier. I don't see any character transformation, any changes in Leda, the main character, but I think we can ferret or tease out some elements of the, the psyche is trying to be, bring to her attention that she's not able to pay attention to. Yes, yes, That's yes. what I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, since we decided to do this podcast and then we talked about it, I've been, it's almost like her ambivalence has been mirrored in or, or, or transferred to me. Mm. I've, I have such a love-hate relationship with this, with the film, <laughs> with the book, with, with uh, talking about this even. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 the material to me is, is the story is, and, and um, as well, uh, we're going to say that we're going to re be referencing the book as well, mm. because we both read the book and the book fleshes out a bit the, mm -hmm. the backstory. Mm -hmm. um, but reading the book and watching the film has been uh, difficult, mm -hmm. difficult. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's Ferrante's superpower. Yeah, she yeah. brings all the con contradictions and paradoxes to bear yeah. on, on her characters, which it's not pleasant. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not fun. It's, no. uh, but it's, um, to me, it's been uh, enlivening. Uh, it? Mm. I really love uh, Ferrante. Mm. And, and what mm. she what she does in her writing uh so mm -hmm. I'm, mm. I'm i'm looking at that uh my favorite uh friend oh my my brilliant friend yeah yeah my yeah. brilliant friend yeah um yeah. series uh mm -hmm. fascinated it is just it is. fascinated yeah it. it is yeah hard to watch but you know it's like it's like the archetypal layer of re repulsion and fascination yeah. Yeah, at yeah, the yeah, same yeah. time at the same time yeah yeah mm. Mm. So um, let's dive in. Uh, you know, you, yeah. your, your suggestion. I had the same problem trying to trying to treat this film as a separate art piece, art work of art from the book. But it, uh, mm -hmm. and then I try to do that, and then I can't because I keep mm -hmm. filling in with uh, the book, the book's version, um, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, so it may appear in our talk as as merged right. in some way and some you know <laughs> the images are sure mingled in my head of between mm -hmm. the film and the book yeah. and so yeah at the same time there seems to be stark differences and maybe we can get to those as yeah. well yeah 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 um, yeah. But there is definitely uh, overlap in the end. You know, it's the age old controversy of when the, when the, when a book is filmed, which is better. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the two together really uh, uh, bring it to much, much fuller uh, yeah. expression of the yeah. psyche. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So this film uh, was, was had um, the director did the screen adaptation, Maggie Julen Hall. She wrote it and they directed it. Yes, mm -hmm. she wrote the script. Yeah. And um, both, and uh, we should say, uh, I think these details are interesting. Uh, if people don't know, uh, Elena Ferrante, the, the author of the novel, is anonymous. Nobody knows even if she's male or female. And so, but the film was made with her blessing. Mm -hmm. um, she, uh, Maggie uh, wrote to her and said she was interested in. in adapting it for the screen and um Bronte said yes um so that that's interesting piece um it did get nominated mm -hmm. for um the two lead actresses were uh, got oscar nominations mm -hmm. and maggie julian hall won not an oscar but um won for best adapted screenplay uh, mm -hmm. at the venice international film festival mm -hmm. So we don't we don't pick we pick good films. Should we say yeah, that right out front? We do. We do. <laughs> you know, it's uh, Jung's uh, difference between a psychological work of art yes, and a uh, visionary work of art exactly. that we're trying to flesh out. You know, this um, I think this is um, this is a hard one to call uh, uh, because it's not it's not a standalone and, and as we talked about we kind of mm. go back and forth between the book and the mm -hmm. film mm -hmm. i think the theme is visionary and i think that's that's why we're talking about it this idea of maternal ambivalence and um something there's something in the zeitgeist uh, about mm -hmm. that because that's been coming up in my sessions with my analysands it's been coming mm -hmm. up in the jpp Mm -hmm. uh, our our uh, Jungian uh, psychotherapy and Jungian studies program at the in mm -hmm. institute, uh, you know, mm -hmm. so it's it's mm -hmm. it's there. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's visionary and theme. That's a good way of putting it, because she's drawing from the material, both film and book, draw from mm -hmm. the collective. Mm -hmm. She's trying yeah. to comment on the collective unconscious. She's trying mm -hmm. to comment on the cultural complex, and how it's remaining. Uh, not fully conscious. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So you want to talk about yeah. the plot real quick? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I have a brief summary. Uh, I'll go ahead and read it. Leda is a a 48-year-old Harvard professor. She never uses the word Harvard. When asked where she's from, she says Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is interesting. Um, She's also an empty nester, which I think is an important point. Uh, Her adult daughters have left the home. And she decides to go on an idyllic vacation to Greece, um, where she's... um, disturbed by a uh, rowdy clan from Queens. Um, She gets um, attracted to this uh, beguiling young mother, Nina, and who uh, loses sight of her daughter on the beach. Leda finds and returns the girl, but not without taking the child's beloved baby doll. And at this point, Leda begins to experience flashbacks of her own mothering experience alternatingly doting upon the doll. We, we see that like it's a real child almost and neglecting it like a real child would do. Leda enters into a complicated reenactment with the mother of the child, mirroring her own mothering experiences, which include abandoning her children when they were young. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, you pointed out, Dan, that this is about liminal space too. Mm. Um, you know, vacation. On the beach. And even the first shot of the movie, she collapses on the beach, and then it's a flashback um, to the film. And so that collapsing is also a liminal image. You know, in terms of consciousness, she loses consciousness um, at the water's and the edge. Image at the water's edge, this mm-hmm. uh, liminality between water mm-hmm. and land, and yeah, right. right. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about liminality because it's so Mm. integral to uh, analysis and Mm. Jungian thinking. Um, Because Jung's uh, Jung's, uh, theories uh, evolved into um, this idea that um, the the, uh, the archetypal realm and the and the the personal realm uh, have this um, uh, connection between the two under the under the right circumstances in which there's liminality and you know that happens in fairy tales and mythology um, uh, it also you know we experience it in dreams with our analysis when you have thresholds when you have yeah. um, um, when you have airports and bus stations yeah. and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so many dreams are in mm-hmm. those spaces mm-hmm. that he says that there's uh, the, the potential for synchronicities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. where something breaks through. I think that's mm-hmm. a good way to describe what happens. Like yeah. That yeah. She was planning on this idyllic <laughs> vacation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the this this the illusoriness of <laughs> this world starts to hit uh, starts to um, be broken into Collapsing. by you know by yeah. these dark aspects these dark right. things this right. uh, you know the just right off the bat uh, in her uh, in her room bed and breakfast mm-hmm. or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know the uh, the lighthouse penetrating <laughs> right and mm-hmm. the, you know with the noise mm-hmm. and the light breaking into the room the uh mm-hmm. the fruit mm-hmm. you know that first appears so you know beautiful and then underneath mm-hmm. is it's it's rotting there's rotting right. fruit in it right. the cicada on the bed that bursts and uh and yeah. you know it's, uh, all of these yeah. images suggest this um breaking through into the uh, into the idealized Mm-hmm. Uh, of the de the de idealized the the mm-hmm. reality the dark mm-hmm. aspects of the reality the shadow aspects you know what right. I mean right. right 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 from the very beginning right. and then right. throughout the film right 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 I, yeah I, I agree that, that that liminality is such an important concept and the way I like the way you're describing it it does um, it, it carries a, a fluidity that the ego doesn't want to be um, mm-hmm. to allow in this yeah. back and forth between the unconscious and the conscious that there are levels and layers of that. And, and all these things that you're naming that go on right from the get go in the film, 
uh, carry that energy. There's like a foreboding. I think the music was um, it contributed to that. And I think there was some reports in the reviews that she 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 wanted to do a kind of thriller, well, more horror. Mm. There's this like element of horror. And really, psychologically, couldn't we say that that's the return of the repressed mm-hmm. that carries a lot of dark yes. energy because it's been repressed? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and it com- uh-huh. and it comes through in dreams as uh, mm-hmm. as horror uh, mm-hmm. you know, and with violence and mm-hmm. ro- robbers and killers and you know that type of, that's how that material comes up right when we're trying to repress something and right. it's at the beginning stages uh, in dreams it often comes as right. this really uh, violent and, and scary. It can. emergence right it, it can because the ego isn't open to it you know the yeah. famous line of Jung's that the unconscious the unconscious shows itself in the face we turn toward it yes. so if we're open and receptive to that then it doesn't feel so scary that's right maybe but then yeah. if we're close to it it feels very it can feel very scary yes yes ego yes. ego is threatened or ego consciousness yeah. is threatened yeah um the I just want to go back to yeah. uh, to, to the um, it's called it's called you know this is, book has been translated from the Italian and it's called the Lost Order and I, I think I told you I was going to look it up mm-hmm. we talked about this etymologically well in Italian it can mean obscure or mysterious which really captures more of a energy a dark energy mm. m- more than lost and mm. then etymologically it can also mean the word lost the unknowability of others and ourselves mm-hmm. and then also there were other definitions such uh, other um, derivatives of this word meaning it can mean spiritually ruined mm-hmm. which really is layered right wow. and inaccessible to good influence mm-hmm. inaccessible to good influence I really think that that is captures how I'm thinking of this main character. She mm-hmm. is lost because she is so unconscious and unable to connect up uh, the trauma memories she's having mm-hmm. with her own past to what's going on in the present. Mm-hmm. But I think that's brilliant. Uh, this idea of lostness. Because as you described it, and its etymology is it's um, uh, yeah, it's unrecoverability. It's a, there's yeah. a sense of hopelessness. I'm yeah. reminded of Dante's uh, Inferno mm. at the the mm. gates. Uh, abandon hope, all ye who enter. Right. Mm. Mm. Uh, this hopelessness is such an interesting state. You know, and it's interesting because she, uh, I had read that she brought Dante to the Oh, that's beach right, to her. the beach. That's right. That's right. And, and was reading Dante. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, <laughs> this idea of lostness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That something is lost. Uh, what, what is lost? Uh, the, the opportunity she had mm-hmm. was, was lost. I mean, she can't get back. Mm-hmm. Um, being the the mother that she perhaps wanted to be, right? That's you know, yeah. you and yeah. I talked about yeah. this. Her caring, the potential of her caring, the mm-hmm. idealized image of a mother that had to be punctured yeah. through yeah. this encounter or enactment with mm-hmm. uh, with Nina, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this this you know, the, and this polarity between the idealized mm-hmm. and de-idealized mm-hmm. is throughout this film. She right. falls in love with the image of Nina with the, yes. the, with the daughter, right? Yes, she does. She watching them love. playing, mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're mirroring mm-hmm. each other, they're touching mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and her the first scene that you pointed out uh, and reminded me of was... Mm-hmm. Um, when she first sees it, she's so mm-hmm. overwhelmed with mm-hmm. emotion, she has to get up and go and leave uh, yeah. the beach to go get a glass of water. And she's right. she's in yeah. tears. She is. She is. She's uh, on the verge of just uh, 
falling apart in, in the emotion of that, of just those images of watching Nina and her daughter play. Yeah. yeah. It is this swing between idealization and de-idealization. And you really get more of that in the book, I think, because yeah. they're, they're out and out direct lines about how she feels about her daughters, very, very critical of her daughters and of Nina at different points. She'll, she'll at some point, I think later in the story, she walks by and she starts reeling off these judgments. Oh, she's not that beautiful. She's, you know, her skin isn't good. Yeah. So it is a, a, a just a, a swing between that those those opposites idealization yeah, yeah. and de-idealization yeah and and to me you know dan i after we had our preliminary talk about the podcast mm -hmm. i realized thinking about this material i think are you familiar with the book um catherine asper's abandoned uh what's uh it's called um the abandoned child within yeah yes yes yeah. yes it's yes. like Leda is a, she walks right out of that book yeah. in terms of her own self estrangement. Mm. She doesn't have a self. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she has, she, her, her, um, it's so overshadowed by mm. negativity and, um, and uh, self judgment and shame yeah. about what she did, uh, abandoning her daughters. And that goes right back to the abuse by her own mother that we mm -hmm. really don't get a sense of in the film. It's mm -hmm. much more prominent in the in the book. It is, it is. There's only one line in the film where she's, uh, it's kind of in the middle of the film, isn't it? Where she says uh, she's gonna leave or she's mm -hmm. struggling and she's, oh, the husband is begging her to stay, I think. Right, right. And she says, and the husband says, oh, I'm gonna take these, the kids back to your mother's. Yeah. And she says, she gets enraged. Yeah. Don't do that. You can't do that because she never got a high school education or something, but we get no sense that the mother was always threatening to leave her. Yes. As a child. Yes, yes. And that's so crucial to the story that she would reenact that. Like you pointed out uh, in our earlier talk, she's finishing something that her mother has had threatened to do. Yes, as if she had to. So, her, yeah, it, it's like, you know, the, what we, you know, know about working with analysis, this intergenerational unlived mm -hmm. life. The parents, mm -hmm. right. the parents leave this unlived life, unfinished life for their children unconsciously. It's the children soak it up, they take it up and right. it becomes their problem, right? right? Right. And Leda's problem was that the mother threatened to leave but never did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that that, that was unfinished, yeah. I think for yeah. Leda. Yeah. The idea that she had to leave, but as that article uh, pointed out that you sent me, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, mm -hmm. review. It's more than a review. It's, a, mm -hmm. yeah, it's an I, I have to get it correct. Motherhood and Taboo, Recovering the Lost mm -hmm. Daughter by Anastasia Berg. I just have to give it credit. Mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. what she points out is that um, <laughs> what other reviews uh, didn't, didn't state or didn't mm -hmm. get to was the fact that she came back. So, so yes, yes. The, later, later return. She left and she, returned. She left yeah. and returned. And my, yeah. my take on it was she returned because she had to, she had to finish the whole thing. She didn't just leave um, yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to abandon her children. She had to come up, she had to come back, I think unconsciously to yeah. pick up the pieces, right. but she hadn't picked up the piece she just went on mothering her children until right. they left to to go live with the father which is right. the, which begins the film right she right. goes on right. vacation right um yeah but as you and i talked about she still carried i imagine mm -hmm. the idealized image of mm -hmm. her motherhood mm -hmm. without having integrated uh, the abandonment and the pain and the suffering. Of, yeah, I think it, 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 the interpretation it absolutely fits because the idealization gets projected right onto Nina. Yes. There's still projective material there because it's unintegrated. 
And I, I, and also I want to make the point that the physical abandonment is important, of course, but it, 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 we don't want to leave out, right. The, the emotional effects of the emotional abandonment of Mm. those chronic threats to leave. Yes. And even in the book, uh, the book mentions that Leda as a child would leave, would run, mm-hmm. would, would leave. Yeah. She was, she was always getting lost. Yes, she was, yes, yes. she, you know, it's almost like what happens in abusive situations where the child will trigger the abuse because the, the, the waiting and the anticipation of this horrible thing to happen is too much. Well, that's a great idea. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a wonderful image of that. Yeah, she so she's going to leave before the mother does. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it precipitates a crisis, right? Which is mm. my first impression mm. of the film is, okay, why did she take the doll? And we have a lot mm-hmm. to talk about with the doll. Right? <laughs> yes, right. Well, what one of the things uh, it, 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 it demands is a crisis. It precipitates mm. a crisis in one form or another. Yeah. Yes, yes. And by her taking the doubt, it binds her to this family mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. largely unconscious ways because mm-hmm. she doesn't know why she takes it. Mm-hmm. But but by binding herself to this mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. she has now become, inserted herself in their destiny <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and made them a part of her destiny. You see that? Yes, it's, yes. It's, that's so interesting an image to me yes. um, that this was yeah. a synchronicity that mm-hmm. <laughs> that was waiting to happen. And it just, you know, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. Con- configuration of all of mm-hmm. elements in the outer world mm-hmm. that reflected what was going on in, in Leda's mm-hmm. inner mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, that feels so hermetic to me, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The trickster, it, the, even in the book, when you, you're reading and then she, it, the, the next paragraph is, I took the doll or there was the doll yeah, in yeah, my yeah. bag. Yeah, it, yeah. It's shocking. And uh, she kind of went unconscious. She took it, but she continually says, I, I don't know why I took it. And even yeah. says that to Nina at the end. At the end. And so you're right. There's this uh, there's this pervasion, uh, 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 perv- uh, what do I say? Uh, just a, a, a seeping in of all this hermetic energy of unconsciousness. But uh, you know, we know uh, as archetypes go, they can also they have they they have a purpose, and it would be to wake her up and mm-hmm. get her to see just what you're saying that this mm-hmm. crisis is a purposeful, necessary crisis, so that she mm-hmm. can get more conscious about her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Nina is a perfect mm-hmm. image of, first of all, a perfect image of Leda at that age, at that mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget the phrase does, uh, that Nina said, does this ever get better or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, she asked, yeah. is this a... Yeah. Uh, and Leda says something. No, or it never mm-hmm. go. It never. Nothing go, passes. It nothing doesn't passes. Pass. Doesn't, doesn't pass. pass. Yeah, Nina's asking her that. She's confused. She's uh, the last scene. The, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The confrontation scene where she comes to get the keys to sleep with the uh, Will, who's the assistant at the beach house, and. Uh, and she asks Leda, I, I, she says, I, I think I'm depressed. I don't know what this is. Does it ever end or does mm. it ever pass? And Nina says, and Leda says, no, it mm. doesn't pass. Mm. In that scene, Dan, I realized watching it again, she is icy cold to mm. Nina. Yeah. All the idealization is gone. Yeah. There's mm. such devalue. She is like this kind of... Um, She's she's so cold and distant. Oh, even though uh, Nina says, "Can I come visit you?" and Leda says, oh, "Before this, uh, before the," she stabs her with the weapon. Uh, Nina stabs her. Um, she says, "Yeah, I'll give you my address." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. There, you know, all along there's been this connection around. Will you mother me? Nina's saying, "You know, I I, I admire you." and Leda's they're looking at each other like mother daughter yes besides and there's also an we we said an erotic erotic edge definitely 
which I got more in the in the film because of the imagery of her. Yes, Nina kissing her on the mouth when she when she was leaving her and. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I want to mm-hmm. uh, amplify this idea mm-hmm. of this uh, distance and this mm-hmm. coldness and this rudeness. I think the article yeah. refers to it as yeah. rudeness. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting to me, and I agree. And I think it's more in the film, or at least more evident in the film, mm-hmm. because you could you could see it. She's mm-hmm. she's uh, rebellious. She's uh, she mm-hmm. seems angry all the time. She's always on the defensive. She's yeah. Her, she she's not open but no what strikes me is that she the ambivalence is that she pulls these people in even as she's pushing them away she's mm. pulls people in and she pushes them away even with um mm-hmm. uh what's his Will? name ed oh. harris no the the oh uh, lyle the, the older yeah. Guy. yeah 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 she, she's yeah. P- pushing him away and then she has this you know this seduction yeah. scene where you know she, she <laughs> i don't know what what she was doing she you remember when he was he went to the bar she was eating at the bar yeah, and then she yeah. you know says uh, can i finish my meal and you mm-hmm. know he walks away and then she goes up to him rather seductively yes right it's like yes. Yes. this push me push yes. <laughs> push away and then pull you in push away pull you in throughout the film it's true that's great i i would i would say that uh some of it not uh, is like this uh, 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 could we call that kind of an animal woman that mm-hmm. that is seductive that mm-hmm. uh um what else to say about that it's just a, a, a kind of a patriarchal artifact of how women I, again I, to me it's like she has no self she's no grounded cohesive self and she she's flips from just like you said, a bitterness and and, and uh, there's some sadism here in terms of mm-hmm. what we see earlier in right. life with her daughter, uh, her own daughter um, as a child. But um, yeah, she doesn't know herself enough to know to be nice to people or to be kind. You know, to be she's kind. Yeah. yeah, she's so conflicted and so and mirror hungry mm-hmm. that she's she she vacillates between trying to please or 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 assert her power mm-hmm. that to me was like a power move power. and 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 it's more evident in the book in that in that uh that she she wants to kind of show her power by flirting with him in front of these cronies that he has mm-hmm. at the table that scene okay. in the bar with lyle yeah, 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 yeah. and kind of assert her power after pushing him away and saying yeah. i want to eat can I just finish my meal by myself? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's this image of patriarchy with her. You know, she mm-hmm. she uh, mm-hmm. is attracted to the patriarchal uh, culture of academia. She mm-hmm. has to tell everybody she's from Cambridge and she's mm-hmm. a professor mm-hmm. of English mm-hmm. literature. And she, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that defines her. She's yes. like yes. the epitome of the woman who is conquered the patriarchy of uh of mm-hmm. academia of harvard uh, right, right. and uh but it's like she uses that and that's what nina is attracted to right mm-hmm. her independence mm-hmm. her authority mm-hmm. her you know and the intelligence first thing she tells her uh, nina's sister-in-law no i'm not going to move my umbrella thanks yeah. thanks anyway <laughs> you know yeah. this presenting herself in such a way as nina is attracted to that because mm-hmm. Nina is mm-hmm. doesn't feel that right. Nina's caught up right. in, you right. know, this family system where she's subjugated. She's not right. heard. She's yeah. not seen. You know, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, the, this whole idea of achievement is really um, important mm-hmm. because, and that Nina's uh, latest caught by that because even Asper in her book uh, *Abandoned Child Within* says that people that have had this emotional abandonment in childhood mm. that are estranged from themselves mm. think that achievement will get the love that they're after mm. and it's never a substitute for never love substitute. Yeah, and that's that apl- yeah and that and that applies to 
wanting admiration from other people for what we've achieved. It, it's yeah. often misconstrued as love and it never substitutes. And, and um, interestingly, I think that in My Brilliant Friend, the character, I don't know if people or our audience is watching that, we really recommend it though. Yeah. Um, uh, I read a review recently where uh, Nino, the young cad from childhood that she, I don't want to spoil it for people, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, um, but also Leda falls in this character, uh, this, this, um, this wastebasket, let's say, of characters that, um, that, that Ferrante, the author, wants to show that these, these people are educated and intelligent, mm -hmm. but they are superficial and lack a self. Mm. And and have no moral integrity. Mm. I mean, that's not to say that everybody has a, has an affair it is lacking no, no, no. moral integrity. However, there, there's something about these characters that are uh, are so separated yeah. from their own inner life yeah. and have no ability to um, to to uh, have a, a self. And education is not a substitute for that. Nor is intelligence a substitute for that actually mm -hmm. so i think that's a great point judith because as you were saying that i was thinking oh that's why she went back so if she thought that leaving her children and you know uh becoming a professor and you know everything that she needed to, to be successful mm -hmm. was going to satisfy her mm -hmm. if that was her fantasy mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm imagining she realized that it didn't, and she, and she went back. Mm -hmm. She says in the movie she went back because she's a selfish person, which yeah. doesn't yeah. <laughs> doesn't tell me anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there, there, there's clearly more to it. She went back because she was unsatisfied. Yeah. And she didn't find herself just as you as you said just, mm -hmm. the sense of self that she may have imagined. Mm -hmm. She didn't find that, so she had to come back, mm -hmm. and. You know, I I find that with a lot of um, my uh, analysis and you know the, this the, the idea of um, often uh, there's this fantasy that if I change the circumstances of, of my life, I'll I'll, cha I'll change right. the inner the inner landscape of my life, and it doesn't work because we bring the same inner landscape to the to the next set of circumstances or geography or, or whatever right. it is, right? right. Um, it's almost as if she had to come back home, finish raising her children mm -hmm. in order to really to really find herself. We had to be in the context of the 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 place she lost it. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, mm -hmm. She had to find herself in the context of the family because because mm -hmm. she didn't get that from her mother. She didn't mm -hmm. get from her mother mm -hmm. what she needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now when the whole film shows is that that's all been uh, recapitulated, right? Repeated, yeah. and she's still not getting it. And yet, I think this is where uh, the healing aspects of the story come, where the we watch the psyche trying to get her attention with the memories, yes, and to link up the past experiences with yes. the present. Yes. But that, I, I would argue that that doesn't happen. And we hope, hopefully we'll get to the end scene where she has this line that is so yeah, yeah, ambiguous, yeah. but full and of- And different between the film. And different and between the different. book and the film, yeah. I yeah. want to go back to the, to the pivotal scene with uh, Nina mm -hmm. uh, and that, that confrontation where she brings the doll out and- mm -hmm. Nina gets enraged and stabs mm -hmm. her with the pin. Mm -hmm. um, I got the impression from that scene um, when we asked the question, what was Leda, what did Leda want from Nina? What was this all about? And mm -hmm. I got the impression that she wanted her forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But the forgiveness was was for her from her daughters that she was looking for it, but it was it was transposed onto Nina. Right, right. As if she had to steal this doll to precipitate this crisis in order yeah. to um 
basically try to get from me. And maybe she, her fantasy was that Nina would forgive her yeah. for having done what she done. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Instead, this puncture of this, this illusory world that she constructed was punctured literally by this pin. <laughs> literally, right? literally, yeah, I agree. I think she was after from Nina, uh, justification, redemption, forgiveness, all of yeah. that yeah, to yeah. just, uh, that's why in the in the book there's a line you know we we haven't mentioned the sister-in-law yet but uh, yeah. but she wanted the sister-in-law keeps interjecting herself all through the yeah. film and she carries to me i think she carries the shadow for Leda in that it's it's the non-ambivalence about motherhood mm. <laughs> um, no ambivalence about motherhood no. yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. But uh, there's a line in the book where she says, I just want to get Nina alone to talk to her about what happened because she, uh, and so I, 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 she is absolutely looking for redemption and that colors, she, she can't imagine Nina might be pissed at her for causing, yeah. so, causing such havoc yeah. in everybody's lives in, yeah. the, in this family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which speaks so to the narcissism. Right? Yes, the, the narcissism that has been wounding, un, un metabolized right. had to go through this process of wounding. Right. right. But I think you're you're onto something with the sister-in-law. The sister-in-law has no ambivalence about motherhood. She's been trying to get pregnant for ten years. She mm -hmm. was jealous mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. Nina that gets pregnant in a heartbeat right away. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. um, but and so in that sense she carries the collective yes yes around motherhood right yes yes Mo mothers want to be mothers that and you know and that's all they want to, when they want to be a mother that's all they want to be and there's no ambulance there's no shadow there right um, right that's good yeah but the I, film I, is all about the shadow of that. yeah uh-huh yeah yeah I think your 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 um, emphasis on this idealization is really crucial, mm -hmm. um, and that speaks to the redemption that she's looking mm -hmm. for. Too, mm -hmm. um, I think uh, I think women that become mothers carry that without even realizing that because the images in the culture are so pervasive around mm -hmm. the glow of being pregnant. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Ferrante in the book has these images of pregnancy that are so disturbing. At some point, do you remember this? She says something like, it felt like an insect's poison was injected into my vein. Mm. I, I, they're, they're, they're really repulsive images that she is. And she's, I think, carrying that shadow for Ferrante. That would be my guess that she's won so much to bring it's, out this shadow. I'm glad you said that. I, you know, it just came to me. I, I, I read this, um, read or, or heard a podcast. Or, or this whole this this whole thing about pregnancy, and it's like you know, with all my biology background, it's like mm. oh, holy shit! I, I'm like <laughs> wow, because the mothers, the the experience, the biological experience of of of, of growing a a, a a child is. Mm -hmm. The, the whole mother's um, immune system and defensive system works against having a healthy baby because it's a foreign body in the mother. So what, what nature had to do in the course of evolution was to bypass the mother and steal nutrition, steal the nourishment when the mother, you know, when the mother eats and it goes in. The, the the fetus and the and the and the uterus the way it was designed and the placenta which is a huge part of the whole system is designed to take food away from the mother it doesn't care about the mother it's like oh. I'm, we're going to take as much food as possible yeah, because oh. our goal is to feed the baby the mother's goal is to stay alive in this process oh. you have this sense of oh my god this battle that wow. is going on inside of this mother. And we just, you know, culturally, as yeah. you said, you know, yeah. the, you know, the, the glow, the, yeah. you know, yeah. the, you know, yeah. the image of the mother with the baby right. and the, you know, pampers and the, you know, all of that. Well, let's, let's, the shadow of that is this battle that has to go on. And the mother's fighting in a way for her biological life. 
right? Oh. Not, not just biological, but psychological yeah, as yeah. evidenced in the story itself, yes, because yes, yes. Uh, um, uh, Leda is all about how do I find myself in the context right, of right, this, right. this symbiotic relationship with these children? Yeah, whoa, whoa. That's intense. Dan. It just it just came to me. Yeah. Well, it's a piece we don't acknowledge in the culture. Mm -mm. Um, you know, and the article is good about. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, one of the article's premises is that um, why I, I like what she said. Why are we surprised by this 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 issue of taboo? Why is this mm -hmm. issue of um, maternal ambivalence, such a taboo. It's been throughout literature. Right. And <laughs> film, know? she points and, out. And film. And film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like going way back, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Medea. Medea. <laughs> Lady Macbeth. And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah. she mentions the hours where the hours. Brown leaves the sun. Yeah. 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 I think it's because we continually have to put it out there because we go on the culture goes unconscious yeah yeah i mean that that's does. what we saw happen with trauma yeah. where it, it it went from uh freud's work with with uh, charcot and and trauma and then it went went on uh, vanderkoek talks about this in his books that it, it went unconscious until it comes back into the in the 80s yes uh and the, and the thread going all the way back to charcot and Genet had to be mm -hmm. picked up again because it was it was abandoned yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, it went for into decades. The, yeah, decades. Yeah, and and each time it comes around, it's like, oh, wow, this is so new. <laughs> because yeah, right, right, yeah. that speaks to the unconsciousness of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let Let's talk about the image of the doll because it's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to this idealization, de-idealization. Mm -hmm. The dial, mm -hmm. the doll, you know, is the image of uh, childhood. It's the image mm -hmm. of Motherhood, motherhood and the child the, the 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 daughter's mothering of the doll and mirroring the the mother's mothering of her and this yes kind of this idyllic image right um the attachment between the two it's a it's the it's an image of the attachment uh, between mother and child right yeah 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 so it carries so, and and the fact that in the book and the, and, and the film, of course, too, the 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 Ferrante talks about allowing the child to treat the mother like a doll. You know, mm. dressing, you know, playing with the mother as if she's a doll, and treating the doll as a mother. So it, yeah. it's yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a beautiful image, right? Because well, what is the what is the daughter? The daughter's picking up um, something from the mother that is very very important and 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 mm -hmm. is absolutely needed mm -hmm. um, for the daughter's identity. And she's picking up, hopefully, the interiorness of the mother, right? Right. right and in right. in my work, and I'm sure you you're mm -hmm. in your work with analysis, when that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. When when there's not enough interiorness of the mother to 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 provide that psychological mm -hmm. nourishment, mm -hmm. uh, there's a great deprivation there, mm -hmm. and it really mm -hmm. contributes to the to mm -hmm. the inability to develop a sense of self. So my uh, take on on Leda's mother was not only that she's threatened to leave, but there wasn't enough of her interior life to, to give it. To, to Leda, and hence Leda struggled with that with her own daughters. Because what did she fight about with her daughters? Well, her daughter simply wanted, simply had the you know the usual uh, jealousy, envy, uh, greed, uh, you know, and uh, and anger, and they're developing autonomy, right? All, they're trying to express their autonomy, and Leda's response to that in those flashback scenes mm -hmm. is like she's you know. Enraged, she gets enraged. She gets, she, you know, this is like an affront to her. It's like she's carrying the idealized image of what children are supposed to be or daughters absolutely. are supposed to be. Yes, absolutely. Right? And she's constantly betrayed at, at every turn, right? Right. right. It, I would add, yes, I agree. It's not, I would add though, it's not just the deprivation, 
It's mm. the actual aggressiveness that goes on that's mm. unacknowledged because there's this great scene. I noticed this, uh, one of the, you know, repeated viewings of the film where Nina and her husband are arguing. Next shot, we see Elena, Nina's daughter, biting the doll. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not just, it's, it's the deprivation in the, could we say it's the deprivation uh, leading to a, a stronger sense of self that um, in the, in the actual aggressiveness itself. Yes. I, I don't, I don't know if that makes psychological sense, but I would say, yeah, there, there's something about the, the, um, the quality of the, of the relationship mm -hmm. in all yes. of its negativity that is being carried on in intergenerationally. Yes. Right. So, um, and, and yeah. No, uh, you know, finish your stuff. Well, I, I just want to make another point. The scene where in the film where um, uh, Bianca hits her, uh, uh, Leda's uh, oldest daughter, who's yeah. around five in the movie, um, it hits her. And there, then Leda starts hitting her at the same time saying you don't hit mommy which is yeah. uh you know uh, yeah. not a good thing as a parent yeah. of course yeah. but then uh and then i think i think this is a scene where uh she slams the door and all the glass yes. uh shatters yes well it occurred to me that she left later left maybe we don't know how long after that but i started wondering whether she, one of the reasons she left was that she was afraid of her own rage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was so sure. intense and it was yeah. so out of control. And even in the book, the language of that scene is she can, and it, I circled this on the page. I hit her again. I hit her again. I hit her again. Mm -hmm. And she wow. said it was, it was restrained, but she kept on hitting her. Yes, 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 yes. That's so a that really aggressiveness good point. of that goes along with that the lack, the deprivation of the lack of caring, yeah. of a loving. You know, I think that was maybe there. There are scenes of her giggling with their daughters and having a good time, but we know that those negative, um, uh, abusive, situ uh, uh, events can really color a childhood if, if they're not yeah. if they're out if they're out of balance with the uh, positive yeah yeah well and it leaves the child to have to then uh, then resolve that in adulthood and they end up passing it on to their children mm -hmm. so this idea of what happens to this aggression if it's not properly contained right. and another an, another scene that I think is important to this mm -hmm. It, and is the um, well the the idea of the lack of reparation. So, an example of that is the doll that Leda gives to uh, to uh, to um, uh, Bianca. Bianca, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. she was trying to that's right. Uh, to trying to do something again with an idealization. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. This, this is my doll. This is my doll. So, you know, take care of expecting yes. her to take care yes. of and yes. not allowing for the, for the opportunity for Bianca's aggression to come right. out. Right? right. There's no, there's right. no space for that. So she feels betrayed. And what's the yeah. image of her throwing yeah. the doll out of anger out yes. the window, out the window Yes, is an image of the lost daughter. Yes. Right? Yes. So, she throws it up instead of, you know, sitting mm -hmm. down and repairing mm -hmm. the situation say, oh, you know, mm -hmm. so tell me how you were feeling about this. You know, mm -hmm. you must have been angry or, or you know, whatever. Um, that would have been a whole different way to um, bring in, you know, use the modern term uh, thirdness, right? Mm -hmm. It would have been a way of bringing in yeah. mutuality of experience right. and containing right. the aggression yeah. so that it wasn't simply deposited in her right. daughter right? right um and i you know i think that's a a good image and then so mm -hmm. now instead of dealing with her own aggression mm -hmm. uh in the relationship in her family she leaves yes right yeah yeah right yeah. because yeah. you know that's yeah. uh yeah. apparently it's the way she she thought that she had to deal with it yeah and uh, yes that's, that's great uh because the sadism you know that we saw with her daughter where she wouldn't even soothe and kiss kiss the daughter's finger when she cuts the finger by trying to peel the orange like her mother did yeah uh is still there in stealing the doll 
the sadistic, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why Nina can't believe that she actually watched the suffering yeah. without doing yeah. anything yeah. that that she caused by taking the doll. So yeah. that un un uh, work through aggression aggressiveness is still part of her life. Yeah, uh, calling you was, know with that the hat pin, you know, steel, yes. that that's like it was a blind spot. The, 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 a the, real the, blind she spot. could not empathize with the right. suffering that was caused by taking the doll. She, she couldn't. No, she she couldn't. it couldn't. She could not take it in. No. Perhaps until the moment uh, Nina stabbed her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure even then. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, I certainly got her attention for a, for a half a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, she wakes up on the beach. The last scene, she's got the blood on her shirt where the hat pin went in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says very, very, I think, dissociatively, I would mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. on that you know, to that final phone call on the beach to her daughters, dead? No, actually, I'm alive. Without mm-hmm. any, any uh attempt to within herself uh, uh, or certainly within her daughters she doesn't have that kind of relationship with her daughters i mean she's tried a bit to talk with them and that it's in the in the book she's she tried to talk with them but they they don't want to hear it well and yet in when we about talk, leaving about leaving. right 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 yeah. when we talked about this um last time my mm-hmm. idea around that was mm-hmm. um that she her relationship with her daughters, I I, mm-hmm. I tend to take from both the book and, and mm-hmm. the film, mm-hmm. still had this sense of idealization of mm-hmm. an expectation that her daughters feed her in some way, right? That that somehow the the daughters mm-hmm. that need to give her something rather than mm-hmm. just being the matriarch that she is and letting the daughters relate to her in the manner in which they needed to she's still expecting something from them and at the end of by the end of the film having gone through what she went through i think that she that's gone because she she's listening almost in in a joyful way like please you know tell me about your life rather than in this regretful or um uh, needy, yeah. needy, needy, way. needy. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I want you to listen to me. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's this kind of this competitiveness. It's like she opened herself. She's she got tears running down her cheeks. Opened herself to her daughters, simply telling her about their lives and what's going on. And you know, now that you say that again, I can see some of that. It's mm-hmm. it it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that has some legs. <laughs> In, that, in terms of an interpretation, and it's a lot of me being put in there, right? <laughs> so yeah, let's I like talk about- the last line. You you already talked about the the, the last the line of the book. Of, yeah, the last yeah. line of yeah. the book is yeah. after the the same circumstances. She's on the beach. Mm-hmm. She goes. Uh, the daughters call her, mm-hmm. and they say, "Mama, what are you doing? Why haven't you called? Won't you at least let us know if you're alive or dead?" Mm-hmm. Deeply moved, I mm-hmm. murmured, I'm dead, but I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Elena Ferrante makes a point of saying she understood uh, Gyllenhaal's, you know, change mm-hmm. was a faithful betrayal, right? Yes, um, yes. But she particularly made a point of saying yeah. that that change right. bothered her. And which strikes yeah. me as, I agree. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like yeah. this last line. Yeah. Yeah. It's so poignant and says so much. Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. had to, she mm-hmm. had to die and her mm-hmm. idealization had to die mm-hmm. and she had to feel it be punctured um, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. order for her to change. That's my Okay. Take. That's my take. <laughs> oh, yes, I agree. Except that I would say that she's not changed. Okay. I, I do not see, I, I would have to be convinced about any transformation here, which makes me really sad <laughs> to say you, yeah, I want yeah, the yeah, transformation. Yeah. You want her to change. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. But I well, just clear don't, we, clearly yeah. we don't have enough from the no, film to, no, to know what happens right. after this. No. Um, no. It kind of leaves us hanging. <laughs> yeah. huh. In that sense, I saw it as very unsettling. And uh mm. And, uh, unfinished un- unfinished yeah unfinished, unfinished. yeah definitely uh, 
That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I um I had a sense of it being finished. And again, mm-hmm. it may be mm-hmm. uh what I'm putting into it. Mm-hmm. Um that uh that this whole enactment mm-hmm. uh had to had to take place. And so mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. can develop a different attitude towards your job. Of course, mm-hmm. I've worked with um, mm-hmm. a lot of older people mm-hmm. uh, where their children are all grown and they still have these leftover expectations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it can, it's I think it's unfinished mm-hmm. business, unfinished mm-hmm. um mm-hmm expectations or projections yeah do you do you think that's some uh, that's related oh, we talked about this earlier in our pre uh conference about it is some and you i think you said it today uh, it's just a refusal to grieve or a lack of of yeah. having to connect with regrets yeah 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 um yeah and and really grieve the loss of the missed opportunities yeah right yeah. i i wasn't yeah. the perfect parent yeah. what is that yeah. What does right. that feel like? Can I sit right. with that and and now that I'm you know done parenting, can yeah. I just grieve that mm-hmm. all that missed opportunities, right? Right, right, right. That's the theme of uh Mary Stein's book in midlife. You know, we have mm. to bury the dead, bury the past and to move on in our lives to yeah. yeah. And that as she's in that stage for sure, mm-hmm. you know, with the empty nester and Mm-hmm. This would be on her way to. I, I kept wanting her to go go to a good analyst, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Find an analyst. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, particularly a Jungian. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to treat her though. Would you? <laughs> oh, I would love to treat her. Would oh, you? I, yeah, I, yeah. There is a part of me that is just <laughs> has this warm warmness towards towards her. Even with all her defensiveness and yeah. her, I have um, to say, I did feel also very sympathetic toward her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That wavered a bit uh, on subsequent viewings, but I do. I would, I would, I was, I had a lot of empathy toward her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have to revise my. I would, I would welcome treating her too. <laughs> I, I have to say that the book, possibly because it's you know first person narrative, mm-hmm. there's more of. Uh, more of later yeah. in that that you can yeah. take in and, and yeah. relate to and that's that yeah. you just um uh, it's, it's just not the same uh, on film it's, it's true it's true the film does not capture that inner not, inner dialogue that was so rich yeah. with feeling nuances of feeling it wasn't that she didn't know what she was feeling she would go from one feeling to the next feeling like oh, yeah, after yeah, she yeah. takes the doll she sees it as comical yeah and yeah. then she sees it as compassionate yeah. and then she sees it as what am i talking about this is terrible yeah. what do i do now yeah but the lack of insight yeah. was breathtaking yeah 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 and that's that's the woundedness. That's the yeah. narcissistic woundedness. Yeah. The trauma is so great that she can't get there. Yeah. I love the image I told you that of the cicada, which yeah. <clears throat> in the book yeah. she she makes the reference to the cicada as being a female, and it's it's um because it it hit its membrane uh mm. over the belly which in a male would provide for it to make noise the female doesn't make noise it's it's it doesn't uh it, it's the male that makes the noise and attracts the female and and then she doesn't elaborate on it but she gives you that image which is kind of like a, a foreshadowing mm-hmm. of this is you know this is an image of the feminine in relationship to the patriarchy and mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. ends up with a burst stomach <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right mm, mm. uh foreshadowing the pin the hat pin in yeah her own, her yeah own stomach. yeah and and childbirth for that matter i guess yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. uh, yes so yeah. we recommend you see this film yes 
Yes. And still, still on Netflix, uh, by the way. And what's that? Still on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, still on Netflix and uh, to read the book as well. I yes. always say too, the, the book is also excellent. We didn't even talk about Leda and the and the Swan, her namesake. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk, being, say that. Well, uh, there's a, a theme in mythology that this queen, uh, apparently queen of Sparta, uh, Leda, 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 uh, is raped by Zeus, who comes to mm. her in the uh, as a swan, and so um, it's a it's about a rape, mm. and maybe in the context of this film to talk about. Uh, women as victims of the patriarchy uh, and that dominance. Um, but in mythology, one of the children that comes out of that rape is Helen of Troy. Oh, which, wow. <laughs> which, yeah. Which leads to the Trojan War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Layers of, layers of images. Image. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And Yeats, is it Yeats's Yeats's poem? Yeats's poem. poem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Dan. Are we done? This thank is, you. I think great. that's good. That's I think yeah. that's good. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Till next time. Till yeah. next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about training programs, archives, this podcast, or to find a Jungian analyst near you, visit our website, jungchicago.org. Thank you to our 2021 donors who gave at the contributing member level or above. The Arlene M. Feiner Trust, Barbara Anon, Arlo and Rena Kampan, Judith Cooper, Kevin Davis, George J. Didier, Mary Doherty, Carl and Patricia Greer, Ryan Mayer, Patricia Martin, Boris Matthews, Sue Rosenthal, Diane Sherwood, Debbie Stutzman, Lawrence Chad Tingley, Alexander Wayne and Lynn Kopp, Gerald Weiner, and Ellen Young. You can also become a supporter of this podcast by visiting our website, youngchicago.org. Thanks.